Welcome to the Becker's Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. I'm Laura Deirda, an editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to welcome Deb Goodman, Administrator of APAC Surgery Center in Crown Point, Indiana. Deb, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Um, good afternoon. My name is Deb Goodman. I've been in the ambulatory arena since 1986. Um, I've been a staff nurse, scrub, circulate, nurse manager, clinical coordinator, up to administrator. Um, I have started surgery centers, turned surgery centers around, and um, kind of done a lot of different things at the surgery centers. Uh, Currently, my center is primarily pain management. And come Monday, we're going to do one of our first mild procedures. So um, things are starting to go back on track for us as far as volume and adding uh, new procedures. That's where we're at today. Perfect. And before we dive in, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. It's truly a pleasure to have you, and we really appreciate all the partnerships we've had over the past several weeks as well. Thank you. Uh, my first question here is where you described where your ASC is today. Um, could you talk a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen since the pandemic began? <laughs> well, the biggest change, well, there's several changes, but the biggest change is, you know, a drop in our volume that started in March. We really hit bottom in April. And our volume started to increase in May, and now we're trying to continue that increase into June. Um, Our state of Indiana, we never totally closed our center. We just did the most emergent cases. Um, I had staff that were not comfortable to come back to work. Um, The good news in our state is this is the first week that if you just want to get a COVID test, you can uh, apply to just have one without specific symptoms. Um, The other challenges we've had besides low volume and staff are trying to find the PPE supplies that we need and paying a premium price for that. So budgets are out the window and We're trying to stockpile a little bit because everybody talks about the next wave that will happen. Medication back orders, I just got a new update on that. It's a challenging time with healthcare, trying to do more with less um, and trying to keep up with the latest, what word do I wanna use, the latest recommendations. We have questionnaires and temperature logs and um, I just had an employee call off to me tomorrow because he's worried um, that he's coming down with something. So I alerted him to go to the site to find a testing location for him to use. So I'm waiting to hear how that turns out for him. So (laughs) it is never dull in this arena right now. Absolutely. It sounds like you have your hands full and I'm sure you always have this. The pandemic, I'm sure, is an extra added level of uh, stress and chaos in the ASC. Um, Looking ahead, where do you see your ASC headed in the next 18 to 24 months? What do you think will be different and what will be the same? Well, 
I don't, I don't think that COVID is going to magically disappear anytime soon. So I think we're going to adjust to a new normal. I, I think one of the biggest things that all of us have to get used to is all of us were used to, oh, I kind of have the sniffles today, but I'm still going to go to work or a patient would come in with sniffles. Oh, I still want to have my procedure done. And I think on both sides, all of us are going to be paying attention that, you know, if we're not feeling well, we really shouldn't be coming in. I think that's one. I set, I think the search for PPE is going to continue for a while. It's gotten a little bit better, but I, I think the demand, as I'm seeing on uh, my updates, other states that weren't having the number of COVID cases, all of a sudden their numbers are are rising. So I think they're going to be using PPE more. So I don't think that PPE issue is going away anytime soon. We are adding a new procedure that two of our, our physicians have been trained on. So hopefully that is a way that we could grow our business. Um, I know that they are looking to recruit uh, some other physicians to come. So we're waiting to see how that works out for us. That's fascinating to hear and, and hear that you're still growing even during the pandemic. Now, what, if any, preparations are you making for a potential second surge of COVID-19 later this year? <laughs> well, um, as much as you, you're always told not to stockpile, that's what everybody is doing. And I weekly am running around my center conserving supplies and making sure like in the old days we would have several boxes of the same size of like an exam glove just sitting around and those are sequestered and kind of locked up i was on a a call a couple of weeks ago and um that center was actually locking up some of their ppe supplies in their medical record room because they were worried that that people were going to uh to walk off with some of those supplies. Um, I haven't gotten to that extreme yet, but we're constantly, you know, watching our supplies. Um, and we do not have masks out in our waiting room because we've actually had patients wanting us to give them several masks. And um, yeah, people are strange, like we, had a patient that shoved a bunch of exam gloves in their purse like they didn't ask they just decided they were going to go shopping at our center so those are some interesting times before we just had to worry about toilet paper and now it's exam gloves so uh wow yeah <laughs> that's, that's an amazing story and it definitely indicative i'm sure of the times and the stress that many people are under um currently and one of the big discussion topics, too, in addition to the PPE and making sure that supplies were plentiful, or at least you had enough supplies for the cases that you were doing, is certainly a big concern. And then another topic of discussion has been um, essential surgery and what constitutes essential surgery, what can be canceled or postponed. And I'm wondering if you think or how you anticipate this discussion will affect uh, surgeries and surgery centers going forward. Well, what happened to us? at the at the beginning of 
of everything shutting down in our state. We had patients that were in the midst of a treatment protocol. And so those patients kind of went to the top of our list so that we could finish getting their procedures done so that they were not just staying on opioids because we do a lot of patients with chronic pain. The other thing that we started looking at is we were trying not to do patients that were elderly, that had a number of comorbidities that were mentioned that would be more predisposed to COVID complications. And so that was one of the things that we were doing to screen people before we would even reach out to schedule them. I do have a number of patients that we have reached out to like three times to see if they would like to move forward with a procedure. And so far, they don't feel that they need to have it done yet. So we have a pile that we basically call them like every other week to see if they're ready. So some patients are kind of self, you know, they're just not in a hurry to do it. They just don't feel comfortable. Um, a lot of patients that we went ahead and did were very thankful that we went ahead and took care of them. They were very grateful. Um, from those patients, we got fantastic patient satisfaction surveys. So out of, out of this black cloud that's COVID, I mean, that was one thing that came through and it, and it really did help the staff's morale that was still working that these patients did appreciate it. So it's kind of hard to find a positive, but that was one that we did find. Well, that is good to hear. And now uh, switching topics to the staff element of it as well, what are the, some of your biggest staffing challenges um, that you're facing today and how are you meeting the variety of needs that your staff have as well as setting a great culture at your center? Well, um, <laughs> so one of the ways that we're meeting the staff challenge is that I'm a working nurse. So um, every day that we do procedures, I'm working in the OR. And um, so that, that takes the place of one other person that I would need to call in. And it's been a small, tight group. So that team, that team work ethic has even gotten tighter. So um, they, even though I can't necessarily pay them more money right now, I make sure that they're appreciated and um, I hand out little gift cards to like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. Our Dunkin' Donuts never closed, our Starbucks did. So everybody's happy that Starbucks is now open. Um, those are the kind of things that we did. One day we had a really, when things started opening back up, we had a very busy day. So we've done a couple potlucks in our arena. Food always makes people happy. Um, so those are some of the things that we've done. Um, we have a couple of people since things have opened up um, that are starting to, will be coming back to work for us next week. So that will be helpful. I just keep telling people that none of us have been in this position before and we try to be positive and, and to move forward and, and take care of our patients. And we're just blessed that we have a very good core group of people um, that are willing to do that. I know that other centers in the area have had bigger problems staffing than what we have. 
Absolutely. And then the last question I have here before we wrap up, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier in our discussion, but how are you thinking about physician recruitment as a growth mechanism for your center? Obviously, you're adding the, a, a few additional procedures, but what do you think are some of the best opportunities, both in growth and physician um, recruitment going forward? Well, one of the um, one of the good things that we can do is is that um, and one of the things I talk about is just uh, last year I updated our patient brochures, so I have those uh, ready to hand out to the person that's going to do our marketing. And uh, I always stress that we have a, a zero infection rate, that we have um, a very um, our staffing's been very consistent. We don't have a large turnover. The people that we have are very knowledgeable and have been doing this for a while. And that we have um, 100% net promoter on our satisfaction surveys, which um, I've been at other centers where, you know, they struggle to be in the low 90s with that. And we're consistently at 100%. So, I mean, some things you need to toot your horn about, and, and that's one of them. So. Those are the things that I make sure that the person that's doing the marketing is stressing that. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Deb, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you.